afternoon, everybody. It's, uh, believe it or not, out here on the West Coast, it's uh, 5 o'clock, and the days are getting long, and it's kind of easy to forget about what time it is, and uh, almost did that. But we're still stuck in a spot that we've been in in a while, meaning cannabis prohibition still rages, even though so many folks think everything's cool and everything's legal and everything's already done and it's just a matter of time and all those things that people think. Um, still not the case. We did have um, a victory today, though. We had uh, one of our, uh, one of our, uh, a man who had been locked up for a good long time uh, was free. And uh, let me read a quick little, little article here. Um, uh, let's see here. Well, I guess I don't have a full-on article, but anyways, one of our... Uh, uh, inmates that we've been supporting for a good long while uh, is now today a free man. So we're we're, help, we're hopeful and happy about that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Craig Cecil is going to be calling in where he's still serving life without possibility of parole. And we still have a lot of people still locked up today at this moment. Um, some who don't have any way out unless something miraculous happens. Um, this is a show that is brought to you by the Human Solution International. We are a 501c3 federally recognized nonprofit civil rights organization, and we're here to help you. We're here to change the world. We're here to continue where others have paved the way. You know, we've had some amazing civil rights warriors uh, in the past, in the last hundred years or so, that have gained huge grounds. I've been studying a lot of these guys and uh, some of the work they've done. And man, we've come a long way. We live in a much different world today than we did 50 years ago, 100 years ago. A world with a lot more opportunity for a lot more people. But there's still a huge disparity and there's still a whole class of people that are um, vulnerable. I guess would be a good word for it. They're, they're vulnerable to be oppressed. And, um, you know, if you don't have a bunch of money or if you don't know people that do, there's a lot of uh, things that happen on this planet that may not go your way. Historically, if you look through the world's history, a few people have managed to rise above and create empires on the backs of the many. It's just the way it's been. And if you think it's different today, spend some time really looking at the world. It's not. You know, all the governments, um, these democracies with giant quotes on them that are for the people, by the people, and of the people, they are of the people, at least they were at one point. They're set up in such a way that 
It becomes a big distance between them and most of the people. And people get mired in, in the struggle for survival and the struggle for uh, that, that pursuit of happiness becomes you know, much more of a struggle for, for a lot of people. And it makes it difficult at best for most people to uh, have the ambition or the wherewithal or even the thought to try to change the government, to try to change that system, the structure that, that, that feeds off of us and runs, supposedly protects us, and supposedly um, does a lot of things for us. But if you look around and you say, when was the last time the government did anything for me? Uh, I mean, I guess technically we haven't been invaded by a foreign power, so they've done that. But boy, at what cost? You know, it's been a pretty tremendous cost, and our neighbors to the north and the south aren't really much of a danger to us. So anybody who is a danger to us is pretty far away. And we built weapons a long, long time ago that could mutually destroy them. So I'm just wondering, you know, what is it we're getting from our government that's so amazing that we're willing to give up so many rights? that we're willing to give up so much and we're not willing to fight for. You know, I talked about last week there was a, a saying, and it's probably a pretty common saying, but um, you know, the problems are not necessarily or not just because of the actions of the evil people, but of the inactions of the good people. I know a lot of good people, and they all feel like they're doing enough. You know, you talk to them and you don't want to, you don't want to shame them for not doing more because who's, who's to judge? Whose job is it to say you're doing enough or you're not doing enough, you know? Um, that's certainly not for me to, to, to call that one out. But the one thing I do know is that the people that do the most, at least with this organization, and many organizations I've been involved with, have always been the people that have the least to offer, the people that have the most hardships, the people that are the most physically challenged, the people that are um, financially challenged, emotionally challenged, the people that are the most broken seem to more often than not do the most good, and the people that have the most resources more often than not do the least good for changing the world. Now, there's exceptions to that, of course. I'm not not a, a, a perfect broad brush on this, but look around. Look around and see who's helping. Look around and see who's digging in. Look around who's doing, see who, who shows up when, when everybody needs it. And it's always, or more often than not, those people that just don't have a lot to give. Just saying. That's the truth. One thing you're going to find on this show, if you haven't listened before, and you know, we've, we've gained uh, quite an audience from time to time, and some weeks we get a whole lot of people, some weeks we get some people, but uh, the one thing that I've noticed is that uh, sometimes people get offended because I'm a pretty straight shooter, and I'm not out to to just cause a ruckus. I'm not out to um, to be shocking. I just want the truth to be recognized as the truth. And there are truths. There are truths out there. You know, our founding fathers, whether you like them or not, they found certain truths to be self-evident. Self-evident. That's a pretty powerful word. Stands right up there on your own, and anybody can see it if you just look. Most truths are that way. And that we are bestowed upon 
by our Creator these simple basic rights of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness at the time they fit property. Okay? We have these rights just because we exist. And then you go and look at our law books and you look at our civil codes, our criminal codes, our health and safety codes, and all the books. And if you were ever to go and see how many laws our lawmakers have made, every one of them limits our basic rights because that's what they do. Your rights are, are enumerated by our Constitution, by the Declaration of Independence, by our Creator, and they're simple. And then we come along and say, well, except, and unless, and until, and no, and no, and no, and no, and no, and you but not you, and you but not you. That's what all of our laws do. And I'm not saying we should live in a lawless nation. I'm saying we have a lot too many laws, and we got a lot too many lawmakers. We have 400 and some people whose job it is to make laws. That's been going on for 200 plus years. Well, it hasn't been that many of them, but it is now, and it has been for a while. So what the hell are we doing? What are we thinking? What are we? What is our end game? What's our goal with all these laws? What, what's 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 the reason for all of this? Oh well, we have to maintain order, and we have to maintain protection, and we have to do all these things. Why do we need so many new laws happening all the time? Maybe you'd think at one time we'd start to get it right. You know, if you look at a goal, and if you strive to accomplish a goal, you'll work at it. You'll set a plan out. You'll struggle. You'll you'll succeed some. You'll fail some. But your failures, you'll learn from, and it'll guide you to a place that will ultimately lead you to the place that you decide is your goal, right? Our goal is, is a, uh, a nation that can live in peace and harmony. I don't think anybody's ever said that, but maybe if it was, we start looking at what could cause that to happen. What's keeping that from happening? You know, what, what are the sources of our problems? And when you look at some of the sources of our problems, I see uh, restrictive laws. Prohibition certainly is one of them. And cannabis prohibition is certainly one that, in my opinion, has been um, not taken seriously enough. People have, have drank the Kool-Aid. They've watered the Kool-Aid down. They've fed it to our lawmakers, and they've allowed them to create these laws that are still full of Kool-Aid. You know, we have laws that are so restrictive that only certain people have access to things that grow wild in the bushes that anybody could grow and anybody could make certain things from. We've gone from everything being a crime to now some things are crimes and other things aren't crimes. But what we've done is we've created a whole other class of criminal. And we've created a whole other class of rat. Now those very same people that used to be on our side, that used to be fighting for our rights, some of them got a piece of paper that said, you are okay, and everybody else is not. Now you listen to those people talk, and hell spells. You would think that they were from some totally different type of person. 
Now they talk about themselves in a sanctimonious, self-righteous way, and they, oh, well, all of these illegal operations are harming our business. The black market is causing so much trouble out there, and it's unsafe. These words that they choose, listen to to a, an interview with a dispensary owner, a licensed dispensary owner, or a licensed manufacturer somewhere in California, and they'll tell you about the evils of the black market. Well, let me tell you this. They, all of them, not too damn long ago, were members of the black market, and they were singing a different song back then. So let me be very clear. I 100 wholeheartedly support the black market. I believe that the black market needs to exist, and until the black market can't exist because it's not profitable, we haven't finished our job. And I'm grateful that a man got out of prison recently for pot, but I'm pissed off that 10 more took his place, that we're still locking people up, we're still seizing property, and we're doing it in cities and towns and states that have passed laws that quote, unquote, made it legal. And that's just the truth. So if you're one of these folks that thinks that everything is supposed to be, um, got to be uber-regulated and it's got to be baby steps and it's got to be this, well, man, you've probably come to the wrong place. This is probably not the show for you. But if you're about freedom and if you're about liberty and if you're about, I don't know, what the hell would be wrong if anybody, anybody decided they wanted to grow eight or ten or a hundred plants in their backyard that might help somebody? And heaven forbid if they had more than they needed and they sold some of it to a neighbor. Really? What is your problem, people? Now show me where society is harmed by this. Now, if you want to go after the people stealing that pot, or that plant, whatever it might be. Maybe it's saffron, for God's sake. It could be anything. Cinnamon bark. There's all kinds of valuable plants out there. If you want to go and steal it, hey, now there's a crime. You want to go and hurt somebody because you're trying to take their money or their property, hey, now that's a crime. And should be gone after with, with, with gusto. But for us to continue to assault each other, because they've chosen something that you just disagree with. Maybe you don't even like its smell. But really, I'm wondering, what in the hell is wrong with us? What is wrong with us? Because we're the ones that let it happen. We're the ones that continue to let it happen. We're the ones that haven't stopped it. And I frankly don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. I know this. I'm going to keep at it as long as I'm breathing. I'm going to keep trying to rally people together. I'm going to keep supporting those people that have fallen down on, and, and people that want to make a change that will uh, increase our rights, whatever they may be, our civil rights, our, our human rights, the rights of us to, to grow and produce and share and, hell, even sell, transport, all those horrible things that they accuse us of. I support anybody's right to do that. And if there's a market comes of it, great. Who cares? You know, tax it like everything else. Treat it like something else. But we don't. So, anyway.
anyways, um, apparently we have a guest that's here. It might be on the line right now. I don't have a screener at the moment, so I may end up having to go uh, wild card out here for a second. But we have Commissioner Joshua Simmons from uh, Coral Springs. I don't know. Oh, I don't know where Coral Springs is, but we'll find out. Um, all right. Well, let me just kind of do a quick buzz through, and I've got this one called this one number I don't recognize, and I've got two that I do. So, let me just pop this on. Maybe this is our guest. Hello, you are live on the air. I don't have a screener today, but uh, I am here to ask you if you're here to talk or listen, or uh, uh, maybe you're even our guest. Are you talking to me? I am. Hey, Joe, it's Pete. You got the wrong person. Oh, got it. All right, no problem. I don't recognize anybody. All right, yeah, I want you to get to your. Yeah, I want you to get to your guest. <laughs> got it. I'll, I should have a, a screener in here pretty soon, but uh, till then, I'm just checking. All right. But uh, we got um, Mike and Sarah from Kansas. They've got an update for us, so we're going to go ahead and jump on in that before Craig gets on and. Uh, we'll see what happens. So, live from Kansas. Mike, Sarah, how are you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing pretty good, Joe. We're doing really good. Um, so you know, we, uh, out there in Kansas. well, we hooked a friend of ours up who had stage four lung cancer, um, and it had metastasized. Whoops. <laughs> I don't know what just happened here. Hold on. Through. Sorry, somebody you jumped there? you over to the. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you got jumped over to the screening room, but I don't know how it even happened. But you're back on. Sorry about that. You had a okay. A friend who had stage four cancer that had metastasized. That's where we lost you. Yeah, and it had uh, attached to his spine or in his, you know, his backbone, and his, and it went into his hip bone, and of course they couldn't get that out, and so he took the cannabis treatment. And he completed it pretty fast. I think he did it in a good 60 days. He pretty much just kicked it right off. But uh, he went to see the doctor yesterday to get the scans, and then he went in today to get the results. And the way the doctor described it in his hip bone is how there's termite holes where the cancer had dug into the bone, but there's no termite. It's gone. <laughs> and uh, he didn't get guy was breaking the law while he was taking that uh, that treatment, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Breaking the yeah. law blatantly. And and today, he's in a situation where he's probably going to live a good long while now, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's pretty excited about it, man. He You know, he's been struggling, you know, just for the fact that he didn't care what he'd been out doing because he didn't expect to live, you know what I mean? Like, any day, you know what I mean? So, I don't even care. And now it's wholly different for him well that is amazing and that you know that's the point of all of this um you know we got so many people that are so hung up on all these little little rules and regulations and baby steps and the fear and the fear and the fear and the fear and And yet you have a story one of oh so many stories i I, i'm probably going to end up writing a book about all these stories one day and it'll be one of many books i'm in the middle of writing but the truth is this medicine, and I'm not allowed to call medicine, it's not FDA but I'm going to just go ahead and break that law too and call it medicine because it is medicine. 
it has helped so many people in so many ways, in ways that the pharmaceutical industry hasn't done, ways that chemo and radiation hasn't done, ways that all the Western <coughs> medicine has not been able to solve or hasn't been willing to solve. And a simple oil made from a plant that grows wild in the streets, if you let it, can make a person's life all of a sudden a reality again. When, when like you said, he had given up, he was probably doing things because what the hell not going to live anyway, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, I can under, in, in, in my opinion, I can understand uh, trying to regulate it because of its intoxicating effects, you know, as far as being in the public, driving, just like you would any prescription drug, you know what I mean? Well, you know, the, the way I look at it is there's nothing wrong with making a penalty if you do something that puts yourself in harm's way or puts somebody else in harm's way because of your actions, regardless of what it is. Right. So if you're driving right. intoxicated in a way that makes you not able to drive, I don't care what it's from. I don't care if it's because you didn't sleep enough. I don't. I, have, I, have, I just couldn't give a damn. But we're working on that to too. Make somebody, exactly. But to make somebody, I know we are. <laughs> I know we are. I, but but to make something a crime simply because it exists, because there's somebody's afraid of it or because it might get you high when, when being high isn't a crime by itself. You know, you can, get, you can go and buy yourself a bottle of whiskey and get plenty high in the, in the, in the comfort of your own living room, and that's, you can do that every single day of your life till your liver dies, and you will not be breaking a single law. You will be following. You'll be a law-abiding, God-fearing person, and there will be no problem yeah, with you no. whatsoever. It's money. Marijuana is illegal for money. Period. End of story. That's true. It's ever so true. So uh, that, that, that's what it's really all about. You guys are making some more progress still with uh, uh, pushing this um, this bill and uh, getting attention of some of these uh, elected officials. And uh, I'm I'm still hoping and uh, we, planning to be coming out there uh, before the season gets too warm and, and sweltering out there, and I'm um, looking yeah, forward we, to we, it, actually. Oh, yeah, we've actually got a new little wrinkle going on right now here in Kansas. Um, the te- the bill that we wrote, or that I wrote, that gives 75% of the tax after everything's funded and everything to the school system, but the school system has already been funded for $4 billion over the next however many years, and so... We can argue now with legislators, hey, look, we can just introduce an amendment, and this 75% goes wherever you want. You know what I mean? So we got a new tool to kind of lean on them with also. Oh, I like that. I like that. Hey, listen, um, we got Craig Cecil just yep. calling in here. So I'm going to put you on hold, and then when Craig comes back, um, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back up to finish it up, okay? All right, sounds good. Hang up to decline the call or to accept dial five now. If you wish to. Hello, Craig. How are you doing today? Hello, Joe. Well, weather here in uh, Terre Haute, Indiana is actually good. We're in, uh, right now it's sunny outside and it's probably around 70 degrees. That's about as good as it gets here. <laughs> well, that sounds pretty nice. I guess you're in the 
what are there about four good months out there where you're at? Oh yeah, yeah. Our summer really starts about now, or maybe closer to May, uh, Memorial Day, and it ends in September. <laughs> right, but it gets pretty sweltering up there in the summertime. It can. It will exceed. Uh, here it only exceeds 100 degrees a few days a year, but it can get pretty warm, especially here in this old building that doesn't have any air conditioning or ventilation or anything like that. So we. We get pretty miserable for a while, but right now we're right now the weather's enjoyable. Well, we'll take it when we can get it. So how's the softball league going? Uh, real well, real well. We started last weekend. Uh, we've got a lot of new young guys, which is kind of funny. As I, I've come to learn, apparently the younger people, I'm talking to people in their 20s and even in their 30s, apparently they didn't play baseball in you know high school or grade school. A lot of them have no idea the fundamentals of the game. <laughs> I can get the ball around the first base is even cut the floor into them. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't have ever so thought that there's a soccer generation. <laughs> wow. I never would have thought there'd be people that didn't know how to play baseball. That's wild. That, that, yeah, I, I'm really surprised by that. Today, um, my, uh, myself, my cell partner, I did some paperwork for him a ways back, and, uh, the court agreed with me, and they took him to court today to resentence him and give him a lower sentence, but they haven't brought him back yet, so I'm really anxious to find out how much lower his sentence is, but it may be uh, lowered from a 262-month sentence to uh, uh, a 150-month sentence, so I'm very excited about that possibility. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic, and you helped him prepare the motion? Oh, yeah, I actually wrote it and all that, so wow. uh, we got it done for him. Like I said, that, that's how I pass my time, and that's how I, you know, try to feel as good as I can about my time here is, you know, trying to accomplish things, you know, both for myself and for others. And, you know, that that's how I keep from just being, you know, just being alive and feeding my time out, I guess. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's important to have a... a not just a purpose, we all have a purpose in life, but to have something that you can something that you can consider um that you're that you're making a difference and you know to have an understanding of how the system works enough to where you can uh, help to prepare somebody's motion that you know my guess is that as as it was as all of my experience has been out there, most people don't know a whole lot about a whole lot of things. And when you get behind bars, um, you find there's probably a lot more people that know a lot less about a whole lot of things. So when you have somebody that uh, kind of knows how things work or has a template or a, uh, a process that can help somebody, I mean, that's a, that's a huge value out there. So that's got to that's gotta at least make you feel good for a little while. I mean, you know, being being a, a valuable person in a hostile environment is definitely a plus. Um, you know, whether you're a good storyteller or you might have a, a key to somebody's uh, freedom, that either way is is definitely uh, something that's worth it. Yeah, 
like one thing is, is uh, I'm amazed, but probably over 50% of uh, federal prisoners did not graduate from uh, high school. And a lot of them didn't attend high school, you know, really at all. So, I mean, they're, uh, they're marginally, if they're, they're marginally literate, if they're literate at all, and, you know, things of that nature. So I end up, you know, helping a lot of guys just write letters or understand the letters they've received. And recently I've been helping a lot of people, as I've mentioned uh, to your listeners before, is uh, here at the prison there's been a, a rash of uh, staff on inmate assaults. And poor guys, you know, they get all beat up and everything, and they, they don't even have the ability to write point if, you know, so that they're kind of stuck. So um, I, I tell them how to write things, you know, what the procedure is, you know, to follow the, to make these complaints. But unfortunately, the, the climate here is becoming more and more violent to uh, staff on inmates. And I, I hope this isn't across the Bureau of Prisons as a whole. I hope they're, they're just not, you know, uh, allowing, you know, the, all this violence, especially from the staff for inmates. They, they have a shortage of staffers. With uh, the good job market out there, they're having trouble attracting employees. So they're, really their standards are who to accept for employees are guys that come out of the military with PTSD and all that. They're putting them in as prison guards. Wow. <laughs> what, what could go wrong? People that just aren't wired right. That that you know I mean I I as always I've been willing to uh, launch a campaign if we if we have a press release or something that we can create um, if you want to send me kind of a synopsis of of things um, you know we can do a call to action as you've seen before you know sometimes it's more successful than others but certainly uh, um, we've got we're getting a stronger and stronger uh, Team. I mean, we've got we've got teams all over the country now that are, in some cases, looking for looking for something to do. I mean, you know, um, it used to be that we had all these court cases that we were supporting, and nowadays most people aren't fighting their cases the same as they were. We got a few a few cases around the country that people are standing up to fight, but the vast majority of these cases are pled out, and the people that are um, facing charges for cannabis anymore, um, you know, generally they roll over and play dead. Um, and a lot of a lot of times, you know, with the with the laws having changed, um, they're they're not facing as harsh of a sentence as they have um, unless the feds pick them up. But the truth is, uh, you know, we've got a lot of willing participants in this organization now. I mean, we're ten years ten years into doing this, and we've got some really good seasoned activists that are that are um, going to ride this until we finish the job. And so, um, you know, the fact that we're trying to make an environment where we don't have any cannabis prisoners or anybody that's locked up, hell for any nonviolent offense for that matter, um, if there's something we can do to bring attention to an injustice going on, I, I know that we've got a lot of folks willing to do it. Nobody that verifies that or oversees that. 
just the, the BOP employees themselves do that. And, uh, really, it, it's like the code blue, I guess, they talk about amongst police officers, where if one of them sees something, it's uh, just a, a career-ruining move if they complain about it. Uh, that's the way it is in the Bureau of Prisons. Uh, even if they're a good person and they say it's wrong, they're afraid to do anything about it and lose a job where they've been work, working towards the retirement. Well, if you're willing to uh, articulate a story or, or give me enough details that I can, um, you know, add to it and create a press release and a call to action, if you want to shoot it to me in a in a Coralink's uh, email, I'd be glad to uh, bring it to life for you. Thank you, thank you, because that, that could only help. Because, uh, you know, like I say, you know, the, a lot of people don't know what goes on behind the wall, walls here or behind the razor wire. And that's really the way prisons are designed, to take us away from society. But, you know, to, the, the idea was to protect society from what the prisoners would do, but in this market, you know, that's kind of a hard sell with people that marketed marijuana, when now there's businesses all over the place marketing marijuana, and paying their state and federal taxes on that marijuana. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, on on social media, um, there was a, a post that got put out, and, and I shared it on my uh, social networking page, and it I don't have it in front of me right now, but it said something to the effect of, um, why don't we make sure that we don't have anybody locked up for pot before we start giving a bunch of licenses to rich people to do the thing that the people that are locked up for pot are doing? And it was not in those exact words, but it was uh, certainly paraphrasing it. And, um, you know, it got a lot of legs. It got a lot of people that uh, um, that responded positively. Hopefully, you know, they're, they're, they're paying attention and realizing that, wait a minute, we haven't finished the job yet. This laws that we keep passing are shit, and they're not enough, and, and they're not really freeing this plant or, or making it to where we don't have uh, plant criminals anymore. And the other side of it is, and I think it was in Georgia. Again, I don't have the article in front of me. But apparently there was a jury nullification case that popped up, um, and a jury refused to convict a guy that did break their law, um, and, and it was, I don't know, it was, a, it was a pot crime of some sort, and the jury decided, no, we're not going to convict you, even though he clearly, this, this defendant clearly did break that law. So, you know, people are, are recognizing and, and owning their rights. Um, you know, when, when, when there's a bad law, it's our obligation to break it. If we follow bad laws, who the hell are we? You know, or, or who have we become if we're willing to to follow bad direction? You know, if a soldier is given um, a, a, an order to do something that is illegal, immoral, or just plain wrong, they're obligated to violate that order. You know, and yet, what do we do? We just follow that judge. We do what he says and we convict people that really shouldn't be convicted often. I, and we know, both know Beth, that uh, like you know, she does a, a catchphrase that she's marketed to a lot of our congressmen and all that, that says yesterday's marijuana conspiracy is today's marijuana business plan. Right. <laughs> it's so true. And she's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and only for a select few. The 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 few folks that 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 have the wherewithal, the 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 financial means, and the 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 connections to go and get these uh, pieces of paper that say you can do it, but you can't. And uh, you know that that that's that's where a lot of my problem is with this is you know, in California, 22 years ago, we passed a law that allowed more people to have access to this plant than the new law we have today does. And uh, it's 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 just it's a big Trojan horse and it's backwards. Well, my question is because I, we don't get much information on the marijuana business, but is there areas that have both uh, the recreational marijuana market and in addition a separate uh, medical marijuana market where the the laws and the plants are different? Yeah, but what happens is everywhere there's a recreational market, the medicinal market just gets stepped on. And and so there isn't uh, most of the places, I mean, the difference is, is, is in the taxes you pay or, you know, one store can, can be both, can be recreational and medicinal. But the medicinal laws are weakened dramatically when the recreational laws take effect. It's all about the tax dollars, and it's it's not about anything else. And what's happened is is the black markets have thrived, and now that now all these license places have become the new rats, and and they're the ones that are that are you know yelling and screaming about all the illegal dangers. These are all the same people that were the illegal danger last week. Well, there's your first beep, Craig. I'm going to go ahead and let you finish this one out. Well, mainly as you know it. I, I appreciate people uh, listening to me from behind the razor wire to find out what is going on in here. And uh, I appreciate your offer. I, I will send you an email explaining uh, the escalating, you know, number of assaults that are going on. I mean, now that there's several a day, there, there's a bit overnight <laughs> here. And uh, I would say that just the ones that I hear, if there's three or four inmates a day being assaulted by uh, prison staff, and, and that really shouldn't be. And I would think it would be in the Bureau of Prisons' best interest to stop these things, especially, let's face it, there's 900 inmates and less than 200 staffers. I mean, they really don't want to start a battle, I wouldn't think. But, um, you know, I, I definitely don't want to be in an environment with that. There he goes. 15 minutes to talk. And um, just remember, this is Craig Cecil calling from Federal Prison, Terre Haute, Indiana, where he's currently serving a life sentence without possibility of parole for pot. Okay, so anybody who thinks something's legal, anybody who thinks that everything's okay, anybody who thinks that, oh, it's all over, we just gotta, just got to wait and it'll all be better, um, tell that to Craig Cecil, who has no way out right now at this moment. All right, so we've got uh, a few guests on the line. we got Pete, we got... Uh, uh, Mike and Sarah are going to finish up, and we got Martin. Um, and before we go back to Mike and Sarah, uh, I just want to go through a few articles that I just randomly hit a hit a, a search. And uh, so here's here's one: raids close two illegal med- marijuana dispensaries in Hemet and County area. That's right around the corner from me. Uh, Riverside County District at- Attorney Task Force shut down two illegal marijuana dispensaries in Hemet and nearby county area. Uh, retail stores are banned by local ordinances, both in Hemet and unincorporated areas of Riverside County. 
And the point that I wanted to make with this particular article was that our state law allows the local agencies to govern what actually happens. And so even though we passed a state law that allows things to happen, um, it doesn't uh, – yeah, I've got tons of these. Anyways, it, 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 it allows there to be certain things, but every city and county gets to decide if they want it or not. And if they don't want it, it won't happen. So if you, say, lived in Riverside County where there's a current ban on uh, dispensaries and a huge limit on growth, um, several couple years ago before we had this law that, that freed us all, you had a lot of rights that were somewhat protected or at least you had a what they called an affirmative defense. And now um, you have less of that, even though the stakes are a little bit lower because the felonies are, are generally less and it's harder to get one, but they're still throwing them out. So I'm going to just go through and hit some topics that I just hit for illegal dispensaries. There's 731,000 results um, with, the to with the topic of illegal dispensary raids. But here we go. This is just in California, most of these, I think. And Thousand Palms Weed Dispensary among 10 raided across Riverside. There's another one. Illegal pot dispensary in Chula Vista raided close by police. That's in San Diego. Uh, Riverside authorities cracked out on illegal marijuana. Unlicensed California medical marijuana collectives. Illegal after January 9. Um, ra authorities raid two in North County marijuana dispensaries. San Diego. This is 2019 is the year California cracks down on illicit cannabis. Okay, and this is just page one of, I don't know, probably 100 pages of articles about, quote, illegal dispensaries, illegal pot growth, illegal everything. Here's one, Toronto police raid illegal marijuana dispensaries. Toronto, Canada, oh, Canada, where everything's so legal and so wonderful. Well, that's great if you happen to fit a very, very, very specific little fraction of the people who are protected, and everybody else is still a criminal. All right, so let's finish up with Mike and Sarah, and we will go through some callers, and uh, oh, shoot, we've only got 15 minutes left of the show. What happens every day we do this, folks? They go so fast. All right, Mike and Sarah is going to tell us a little more about what's going on in Kansas, where um, we have actually... Um, they, I should say, uh, drafted a bill and submitted it to their state legislation, and it's um, it's being considered right now. So tell us where we're at with that. <clears throat> well, we're wait. We we should have a hearing date by Friday, or at least know if we're going to get an interim committee or exactly how the bill is going to get worked through, and whether it's going to happen this year or next year. Actually, we should know by Friday. So. Uh, okay. There's a lot hanging on this week, man. They got a lot going on, but they're busy up there. They're fighting over bull crap, man. It's such a pain in the neck. Well, you know, yeah, they're arguing on Facebook. This, why don't we talk about this thing that we just did? Um, that's 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 at print right now because I think that's I think that's important. I think that may be one of the one of the most important things we've done in a while. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about this? Is uh, that we've made up. We, we we put together an informational packet. It's about 150, 155 pages long. 
But what it does is we we intended it to introduce it to legislators to kind of show them things about marijuana. And the first three parts of it are all like real life scientific research about cannabis and what it does. And all the links and everything are connected. The whole research is in there. And then, and then there's the uh, a section that shows like common places that you can find out about marijuana, even like WebMD, Time Magazine, and just kind of showing the mainstream of it. And then there's a section that explains um, federal law changes that are being considered in the federal government. And then there's uh, oh, and then there's the uh, a section about the FDA approved drugs and the death results from Marinol. Um, it's pretty informative and it's really in depth. And that's you know that's something that the Human Solution has sponsored, and you know the the memberships and donations that we receive. Um, that's one of the things that that money goes towards. Um, this organization is all volunteered. Uh, nobody's ever made a nickel working here or being here, but what we do is we're trying to change the world and by educating and supporting those that need it. And um, we have an opportunity to bring this information, which um, you know is is well uh, gathered and vetted, and it's actually good information rather than so much of this and that that you see in so many places. Um, and, and we're hoping to get the opportunity for me to come out there and, and, and uh, be able to talk to some of these legislators and, and bring, you know, some of the experiences that we have um, out here where we've been, you know, at least a little bit more than you guys have been able to, to work with these, uh, these medicines and, and uh, the experiences that we've had um, with the relative safety especially about, about this stuff and, and, and to be able to listen to their fears and to listen to their concerns and have uh, well thought out, reasonable answers to them, and hopefully uh, to engage them, you know, in a meaningful way rather than just, you know, button heads and yelling and screaming and, and, and trying to, uh, you know, what so many activists end up, end up shooting off their own toes because they're busy uh, just yelling and screaming rather than putting together a plan and actually trying to execute. I'm I'm really proud of you guys. The work that you're doing, the Kansas chapter is just tearing it up right now. And um, you know, and it doesn't take a huge chapter to be an effective chapter. And uh, historically, some of our smaller chapters have gotten uh, some of the most work done. And that's you know, it's just great to see it happening. Well, I appreciate you guys backing us up like you have. I mean, it's been awesome. We could have never gotten this stuff done without you guys' help. And um, we're, we're we're this is just the tip of the iceberg, man. We're gonna go all the way. We're gonna go balls deep in these people. I know, I know, and that's why, like I said, there'd be there'd be very few reasons that would get me back to Kansas, but this is certainly one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing am, you, Joe. Actually, we really do. We've been dying to I'm do it. I'm actually looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So, anyways, all right. Thanks for having us work. on the show, Joe. We appreciate it. Thanks for everything. Thanks for all you're doing. Hey, wait a minute. One last thing. If somebody wants to get involved in Kansas and wants to engage with the Kansas chapter of the Human Solution International, how do they get a hold of you? Um, they can call us at 316-351-4620 or the Human Solution International Kansas chapter page on Facebook and just send us a message. Beautiful. All right. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you thank soon. Thank you, Joe. Yep.
All right. Now we got we're gonna go back to Pete Yapel here, and then we got Martin, and we'll see what's going on. Hopefully, Tom Corby will call in. Um, now Pete just moved, but uh, Pete's solidarity over separation chapter of the Human Solution up in New York has also been tearing it up. And geez, uh, they got a uh, um, what do we call it? Uh, the TV. The jeez, uh, why am I? I'm, I'm brain farting here. The um, Community access uh, TV station. These guys have taken. I was up there about a year ago, and we went up and saw this studio, and we had an opportunity to um, watch this guy do a show. And this guy was supposedly some muckety muck bigwig guy. And um, from that, Pete and his wife Helen and a, and a small team have created a a little empire up there. They've got uh, programming that has been uh, just prolific, and they've done some amazing interviews. They've got um, uh, somebody that's handling, putting these things together, editing it, having a really professional uh, uh, presence, and um, they've come to learn the studio. And, uh, you know, here on the West Coast, we still haven't even figured out where they're at. So, uh, I love it when I see somebody that takes the initiative, and in this case, it's a it's a great team. And uh, Pete Yapel has just been uh, an amazing uh, activist and brother in arms. So, Pete, welcome to the show. Um, how's the move going? Oh God, dude, I'm so much pain. <laughs> you have no idea how tired I am. It's going great, that's for sure. But uh, it's uh, it's work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, we're. Uh, I made a I pot of soup. Oh, it is, man. It is. And Helen is just knocking it out. As quick as I bring in the box, she has it going out. So um, <laughs> we, uh, we just uh, we just uh, made a big pot of soup and jarred that up. So uh, we only need our own what? We need our own TP. Yeah, Helen said we need our own TP now. <laughs> well, we'll get you out here and have a meeting for you one of these days. You know, yeah, you know, uh, hey, listen, everybody uh, that's listening, if you're in the New York area, this weekend, everybody knows it's a big weekend where all the parades go on across the country for 420, and you know, it's a bit of cannabis celebration. We have a day of what they call freedom, uh, which I laugh at. You know that. But at the end of the day, I get to speak at the event representing Solidarity Over Separation. We're marching with our banner. we got about 15, 20 people already marching with us. Please come on down to West 32nd and Broadway. It's a, it's only nine tenths of a mile. You got to walk, but then you're in Union Square, and it's a blast. There's great music, great great speeches, lots of good people talking. Yeah, corporate America's there too, but hey, it's still a fun day, guys. And uh, we hope you come out and support us. That's fantastic. Well, hopefully we'll get a lot of people pop in and uh, and participate with that and. Uh, how does somebody get in touch with you if they want to get connected with the Solidarity Over Separation chapter in New York? Absolutely. They can look us up, Solidarity Over uh, Separation, uh, the New York State chapter of the Human Solution International on Facebook. You can also see us at www.canowetalk42smallo.com. Uh, all of our Solidarity and um, our uh, Willow Creek Springs and stuff is on there as well. So please visit and shop accordingly. And uh, they can always call me at 
3162. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for popping in, and always a pleasure. You're definitely an inspiration, and both of you guys are just killing it. I can't wait to see you get settled in, get healed up a bit, and then see what comes on out of, out of that part of town. Absolutely. Oh, we're just getting started, honey. <laughs> I know you are. I know. I can't wait to see what happens. Well, a good night's sleep. All you right, guys are awesome, going to be amazing. Yeah, all right, awesome, yeah. Yeah, we'll all talk right get some rest. Week. Everybody, sorry I'm tired, man. I'm just beat. It's all good. Uh, all good. All right, Pete Yapel and Helen Yapel, folks, solidarity over separation. All right, we got one last caller. We got Martin, and um, hopefully Tom Corby will pop in and, and uh, join us to wrap the show up. But I, before we go to Martin, I want to just take uh, a moment and uh, – Oh, there's a 530. I think that might be Tom. Um, we had some losses in the last week or so. Um, and, you know, as you get older and you're going through life, um, you're working with a lot of sick people. One of the things that happens is, you know, not everybody makes it. People die. And, um, you know, George Martorano has been a, an amazing part of our organization, and we, we've been friends for a long time, brothers from another mother, and, uh, you know, he's been free now for a couple of years and, and really out there trying to trying to make a difference, um, and he's doing an, an amazing job, um, but he just lost his mom um, about a week ago, and, uh, you know, she was, she was up in years, but uh, uh, still, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, a big loss, so just take a minute and maybe... Uh, Without a good thought for George, he's he's such a family man, and family is so important to him. Um, and also another one of our members, uh, Todd, right? Um, his mom also passed away just a few days ago. And um, you know, I lost my dad a couple of years ago. And um, you know, it's people that you uh, that you love and people that are close to you. Take the time to cherish them, because you know the one thing that's going to be sure is that uh, one day we're, we're all going to not be here. And, uh, you know, hopefully that when when we go or when, when our friends go that we don't have any regrets. So take the time to remember the important things. Take the time to uh, to love those that, that uh, are your loved ones and, and uh, to walk the walk. All right. Um, oh, there's Tom. And so we're going to go to Martin and then Tom, and then that will be that for today. So... Here we go. Martin, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Joe? Doing fantastic. Above ground breathing and currently out of custody. You know who this is, don't you? I do. Two things. Uh, first, on air, and then the other, I would like you to call me personally at the house, uh, if you could. I got something personal that I have to talk to you about, about a connection in another state, but it's very, very personal. Back to the thing. I have been watching everything ever since our lovely wall was passed, and I've been trying to figure out what everybody's so huffy and puffy about. This is what they wanted, Joe. This is what everybody was was pushing, right? There was only a few of us that were pushing up against it like we did with 19, right, and we all got cut off. So if you can explain why everybody is so upset about our new law here in California, 
This is what they wanted, man. Well, this is what all of them simple. wanted. I think that people, people don't pay attention. And, well, there was a handful of us that were, that were campaigning against the law before it got passed in California. Um, most people just only saw one word, legalization, and that's all they think. They think that there's, there's only two ways. There's off and on. They don't realize, um, you know, all these things that, you know, it, it's funny. I can still remember Letitia Pepper out there just, just striving as hard as she could, trying to tell everybody, you know, it's a Trojan horse. Don't do it. Don't do it. She got so many people upset at her, and I, and I always agreed with what she said. Um, I also realized got while it was happening that people are not, they're not aware. People are not aware, and and they want to hear what they want to hear, and they read every uh, third word or, or, or the first sentence of a paragraph, and that's it. And so I think that's unfortunately, you know, we have laws. Uh, when we pass ballot initiatives, uh, yes means no, no means yes, and up means down, and down means up, and people just get bamboozled, and I think that's what happened. We got bamboozled. Latish was out there, as you said, right? And the one of the things that I got slammed on, which is now really happening, is California direct democracy is getting killed because of 64. I kept on trying to tell people, and Latisha was trying to tell people what I was saying, that 64 allowed something that never, ever, ever happened with our direct democracy in this state. And that's allowing the legislature to go into a bill that the people wrote and passed to change it to the better. Now, when you read 64, it had – I heard you talking about that there is no medical because of recreational, right? That's well, exactly – Well, I didn't say there was none, but it's been crippled, yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's going to be gone bye-bye because right. when it comes to – the way we do things here in this country, right, when you have one competitor going up against another competitor, you get rid of your competitor. The competitor for recreational is medical. That's why they're trying – they're going to get rid of medical, just like they've done in Washington or they're doing in Washington, Oregon, all of the other states that passed the similar laws before we passed ours. And I remember, and I, and I tried to put it out there. I put it out there for a lot. I was able to listen to a debate before this was passed, and Berkeley Normal put it on, right? And it was utterly amazing. They had two lawyers going against each other. I'm on the phone with Joe on live right now. LeVon just walked in. Uh, Grumbite, he's doing a podcast. Hi, LeVon says. Um, so what they, what this one attorney for 64 said blew me away, and I got really upset. He literally said that the people that were doing 64 were not even talking to the 16% of the state of California people that really needed and used 215 and SB 420, the real sick people, the real ones. The ones that really needed it, they didn't give a crap about any of us. None. Nope. They went ahead I agree. and they passed the law to 
to grant themselves the Chris Conrads, the, the all, all of them. They're making big money, man. I read that uh, the football player, um, um, Montana, he jumped in. $75 million, Joe. Where do you get wow. 75 mil? Where do I get 75 mil? Where does Eddie, where does anybody that was in the trenches that got busted, that spent, I was just talking to people about my two trials, right? I don't know how much yours cost, man. My first one was 60000 The next one was 110000 the 2008. Okay, where do any of us get into this? I can't. People ask me why I, I am so upset, and I'm going, I gave my life for this damn thing. Joe gave his life for it. A lot of people did, and we are just getting screwed and tattooed. So when I read Lanny, his email that he puts out, and he's screaming about all these things, I just go ahead, and this is what you want this is exactly what you wanted. You wanted people to be able to go into Kmart or whatever you want and pick their little bag of pot off and walk up and pay for it, even though it's going to cost them a couple hundred dollars for two ounces, three ounces, whatever it is, a couple of grams. It's ridiculous. But anyway, uh, as you know, I'm good and upset about it all. How are you? I am I am also good and upset about it all. It's, uh, I'm I'm still knee-deep in it. I'm still doing what I can to, to to make changes across the country. The human solution has continued on and grown, and, and uh, you know, we're all across the country and, and doing what we can where we can. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of people that stand up and fight the way that we used to, um, but we're making changes in a lot of different ways and still um, supporting those people well, you- that have fallen and, Doing what we do. You said one thing a little while ago. We get old. Yes, when we you do. get old <laughs> and you get broken bones and you get all this stuff, it's very hard to get out and to do anything, man. And here, what can yep. we do? What can, you know, again, we got out on the street corners, right, with signs and screaming and all that and protesting. We can't do that now. What's there to, what are you going to do? You can't change well, it. Well, I'll tell you what we're doing. What we're doing is we're we're making people aware one at a time, and we're we're working on on a plan, and it's it's not going to be a traditional plan. You know me; I've never been a very traditional guy, and um, you know it has to do with educating jurors. It has to do with standing tall. Like I said very clearly, I support the hell out of the black market, and I think that that's how we that's how we resist. We I don't like that it. saying, Joe. Well, listen to listen, listen to this. That's what they call it. You know what I call it? I call it the medical. The black market, as they want to receive it, it is the medical marijuana people in the state here. That's the black market. The ones that cannot afford to go into the friggin' legal or illegal dispensaries where they are, right, and spend two to three hundred dollars for a couple of grams, man. I can't well, I do think it. That's how, that's how we revolt is we continue to violate a bad law every chance we get. And when somebody gets picked off for it, we stand up and we keep fighting. And that's what happened back in the civil rights movement. They, you know, that was the plan is you boycott, 
the the bullshit, and when you get in trouble, you go to you go and you fight it. You stand tall and you stand together. And little by little, I think I think there's going to be a shift. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a hard it's a harder battle now than it was five years ago because you know we've already so-called won, and, yeah. and so it's we we have fewer people that care. But I think it's going to change because what's happening is the reality of these new laws. All these people that rushed in to think they were going to get their licenses and get their get their dispensaries and their manufacturing places, a lot of them are finding out that oh crap, it's not going to work. And they've spent their life savings and they spent uh, yep. other people's money, and it's still not working. And those that got but their licenses are fighting. Out we told them that, you know. I was screaming off the friggin' windows, man. Don't put your money in. Don't go get you're not gonna get it. They're not doing the licensing, man. These temporary licenses that go away and then they just bust you right afterwards, man. You get one, you start to grow, by the time the grow is good, the temporary license is gone and they come in and they take everything. Well there is no licensing of, here. I agree, I agree, and that's and that's that's the deal is rather than worrying about fighting for licensing, I think we need to, you know, at one point we need to realize that, you know what, that doesn't make sense. All of the regulation, the way the way that everybody's, you know, so worried about all of this, it's got to be this way and the tax has got to be collected and all of this and all of that. And the truth is people can grow this plant all by themselves and they can make things with it all by themselves and they can – trade it and sell it and transport it and all these things, and there's not a victim involved. There isn't one. And I think as more and more people figure that out, we just got to keep on chugging. And I think that that's, that's, that's my plan at this point is just trying to raise awareness and trying to get people to see the inside core of this truth is that this is a basic civil right to, to, to have and to grow and to possess and to manufacture and to transport anything you want with this plant, that's a key to my happiness, and it doesn't infringe on your happiness or anybody else's. So, you know, for that to be an illegal act makes no sense according to the way that our laws are supposed to be structured. So these prohibitive laws that we pass really don't pass muster with the the, the the standard that they're supposed to be held to. So, you know, hopefully we just continue to raise awareness and, and you know, one by one we, we bring people to the light. And once you learn and once you get it, it's pretty hard to unlearn it and unget it. Well, I sit here in my lonely little house here in good old Temecula, and the only thing I am grateful for is that the city council got it together here in Temecula, with the help, believe it or not, of Jeff Stone, believe it or not, of Jeff Stone, Temecula is allowing medical to be able to be grown. And even though they signed on to that stupid friggin' lawsuit that I don't understand because I was there at those two meetings, and they were literally, the one guy was kept on asking about delivery services, how are we going to stop those. And everybody in the console, other than one guy, right, is going, we can't. There is no way you can stop a delivery service from delivering. You can't. How are you going to make it illegal? 
How, why are they going against the state? Uh, the other thing is you were talking about trading and everything. I have been trying to figure out, and I've asked two of my attorneys, and you know which two, right, whether or not 64 allows for the barter system. We have a barter system in the United States. We've had it for since we started the United States. It's part of us. This is the only thing that I could find that we are not allowed to barter on. The only. Yeah, and that's central. Yeah. Yep. Well, because they the want only the ultimate control. That's what it's all about. It's about that control. It's it's unreal. Well, I'm glad talking to you. It's been nice. Yeah, But yep. can you well, do me is, a uh, bit? We're, we're actually about 10 minutes overtime right now, so... Um, what, I, I welcome you to come back on the show anytime. I got one more caller still to go, and I do. Uh, but I definitely I do need uh, you. I need you to do something for me, Joe. Not on the yes. show. Can do you still have my phone number? Um, you know what? I don't have it, but I'm looking at it right now. I'll write it down. After the show, I'm looking at it. On I the need. Screen, so I'll, I'll okay. I'll give you a call. Write it down. I need you to call me. I need to talk to you about a very personal thing. For another state I don't want to do it on air Okay Yeah Can you All do right. that I'll please you Okay I will Have a beautiful one man Talk to you later Bye yeah. All right We got Tom Corby To wrap things up here And uh, Tom welcome to the show How are you doing today How's Donna doing Well I'm on the road again And Happy birthday To Willie Nelson Eight years old Somebody ten years older than me, and my phone's almost dead. I want to thank all today uh, for your thoughts uh, with our health issues. Donna's doing so much better now. Okay. Right. And by the way, uh, my wife and I are both uh, dealers at Harris Club. We both play poker, and believe me. These, in these courtrooms, it's a dog and pony show, and it is a poker game. And deception plays a big role here. Also in life, if you think about it, is a poker game. And I would suggest if you're going to gamble, believe me, poker's the best game, and it's a very challenging, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we just play for dimes, and we teach people how to play poker. It'll help you in life. And my mindset here is we always take them to trial, and we're going to throw everything at them. We're getting dismissals and acquittals day by day, and I still want to congratulate uh, our vet. Our, uh, our combat that last uh, couple weeks ago. I think I, I, I shared that uh, because they th- they knew we were coming, uh, even Nicole and Scott from Fresno, Lisa Gordon, Shelby, we are all coming. Uh, Might have played a big role why they dropped both of the felonies, and Shelby was sure that they're going to drop the misdemeanors too. So we always take the trial, no plea deals. That doesn't mean that sometimes we have to resolve our case if 
we feel we back, we support that too for sure. Well, I want to thank everybody today as always, Mary, Lisa, Becca, uh, the Coffee Party Radio Show, George Toronto, all the great speakers today coming together, volunteering to help you the solution, the finding, we have prohibition, that's our goal and vision. Come join us, and thank you all today. Oh, I'm ready to bring in Willie. Thank you, Joe. Don't forget to breathe. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Tom Corby, NorCal Chapter, Human Solution International. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Uh, I want to thank everybody for being here, and uh, thank everybody that made the show possible. Thank you, Mary, for screening, and Lisa for uh, doing this pot or this uh, simulcast video thing that we do and uh, everybody else for making it happen. Becca for putting the show together and uh, let's see, I guess it's Willie Nelson's birthday. See what he has to say about it all. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done. You were all